Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. You're listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Lindsay, did you click on a headline this morning on Just Jared that says, singer Olivia O'Brien confirms she dated Pete Davidson, explains how things ended? No. Do you know who Olivia O'Brien is? No. No, me either. She's a singer, and I was like, what? She dated Pete Davidson then? <laughs> When I clicked it, I mean, it's just, it couldn't be better. While making an appearance on the BFFs with Dave Portnoy, Josh Richards, and Brianna Chicken Fry uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, Olivia was asked what happened between her and the 28-year-old SNL star. Quote, where did you hear that? Olivia asked. How did you hear that? Olivia seemed confused how the hosts even knew about the relationship, to which they replied and ended up as a blind item on the famous Instagram account Demois. Olivia then confirmed they dated in October 2020, but didn't, quote, think anyone knew about that. <laughs> My God. And then she said that he dumped her over text message saying, I'm seeing someone else, so, like, I can't. And that was Phoebe <laughs> Dineva. Uh, uh, dumped for Phoebe Dineva? <laughs> Sorry. She made an appearance on the BFFs with Dave Portnoy, Josh Richards, and Brianna Chicken Fry podcast. <laughs> Where did you hear that? <laughs> I didn't expect to have this conversation on the Brianna Chicken Fry podcast. Who is she? Olivia O'Brien is an American singer-songwriter, according to Wikipedia. This isn't really going to enlighten us. Olivia Gale O'Brien. Gale. I'm Gail. Hi, Ali. I'm Gail. Is an American singer-songwriter. In 2016, after she collaborated with Nash on the single Hate You, I Love You, the pair peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the United States. 
Okay, now she's popular on TikTok. People also ask, what nationality is Olivia O'Brien? How did Olivia O'Brien get famous? What genre is Olivia O'Brien? Who are Olivia O'Brien's songs about? <laughs> is Jocelyn about Logan Paul? Okay, that gives a little bit of a hint into where we're going here. She dated Pete Davidson and Logan Paul, so clearly there's a type. Um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Pete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't think any tension in my room. Over no, here, I just, I, I didn't think, I didn't think that anyone knew about that. I really didn't. Like, I, Dumois I, found it out. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, had to pause the pod because Florida Georgia Line just announced that they're playing at the Minnesota State Fair Grandstand, which is at the end of August, like through Labor Day. And that's that, okay. For anyone that's not from the Midwest or Minnesota, that's a pretty big deal. Like, this year, there's, oh, my God, this is probably going to be fair to see my start naming the other people playing. But um, Pitbull is playing, Counting Crows. Uh, let's see who else. Um, the Beach Boys, The Temptations. Anyway, I think it's, it's kind of demi. Like, it sells out. 200,000 people a day go to this thing. It's a big deal in Minnesota and the Midwest. But I don't know. Maybe that's super hooey of them, and maybe that means they're, like, on the rocks and they're breaking up. Um, but, like, is a fair, a cruise, is that hooey? Is that Demi to perform there? I don't know. Uh, thought? Um, crunch, crunch, Tim Table. Let's see it, I guess. Wait, it's not hooey to perform at a... A big Minnesota Venue. State Fair. No, I think yeah. this is. I think this sounds big. You said the Temptations are there. Portugal, the man is there. Pitbull's there. It's not who we at all. It's not who we to do that. The, there's no who weeness involved in performing and getting paid. The, the question is, if they are breaking up, why they start performing together? And the answer is contractual obligation. They clearly agreed to do these shows before they decided to break up, and now they're like kind of doing. They're finishing them off. Their last performance on their website is the Minnesota State Fair. And they have a few more in August and July, like four more. Yeah, but they announce them before they announce that they're taking a break. So it makes sense that they'd be before. Why are we even getting into intricacies of like when Florida Georgia Line broke up like or is breaking up? Like, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> why? The fact that the name itself is... A combination of these two people it's almost like you can't take one out and replace the other they're so intricately intertwined that like you can't get rid of florida yeah but now they have their separate names and the fans that like them know their names last year hubbard released a single undivided with tim mcgraw sounds like he's pretty divided seems like the <laughs> states are divided a uh, house divided against itself cannot stand can we never talk about them again like i know this is your issue but like we cannot talk about them again Hi, I had to pause the pod. Um, I believe that Domino Kirk was the toxic environment at the doula, uh, at the doula agency, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and that woman that was teaching with her, teaching doulaism with her, like, called her out on all this racist shit. So I would just double check that, uh, because I don't want to excuse her for something terrible. Um, but I don't think it was her leaving the toxic company. I think she was the toxic company. And I do remember reading articles and interviews with the black and brown doulas that had criticized her. 
Um, so just something to throw out there. Uh, please, uh, just can you just double check that? Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Love you guys. Love you, Penny. It was a company that she co-founded and worked for, and it was called, or it is called, Carriage House Birth. It's a, like, Brooklyn-based doula collective, which means everything I'm saying to you, like, if you hear those words, you <laughs> it means that. And one of the doulas that worked within the company was like, there are fucked up things going on here, and called her out. And due to, like, conflict of interest, they took a long time to kind of respond to those call-outs, and then finally were like, yeah, we did fuck up and she stepped down. But it's a little bit more complicated than just she worked for a company that she stepped down from. The company was her own company. Yeah. She's still listed as a co-founder on the website. But now the website, as uh, Timmy pointed out, has a tab that says accountability. Mm-hmm. She also deleted, which I think is really interesting. She deleted the Instagram where she like explained why she left. Interesting. The Instagram is gone, but it's still quoted other places. So the question is, did she really leave? Like now, like, a few months later did she really leave a year later did she really leave yeah she wrote i didn't trust myself to respond personally on social media right away after a few days of consultations with mentors in my community aka (laughs) jemima and lola chp has decided to pause all trainings and offerings for the foreseeable future we will be offering full refunds to our clients and students they're still in existence just a reminder they're still in existence this was a year ago right this was or two years ago now yeah two years ago now almost a year and a half Mm -hmm. next call Hi, Lindsay Bobby, medium time, medium time. Um, y'all are currently discussing Haley Bieber's skincare line, Road, and um, I just can't believe that you are still not talking about the confusingly, uh, I don't know, the absolutely weird uh, tagline for the skincare line um, as it says in their Instagram bio, which is one of everything really good. I just don't fully understand it. I feel like we're not talking about it enough. Um, and yeah, this is not my first time calling about this weird tagline. And I just, I, I, I don't know. You guys are the only people I can imagine discussing this and I, I need to talk about it. So, um, thanks. One of everything really good. Grateful for Sharna. Crunch, crunch. How mad was this caller when we talked about road skincare and didn't talk about the one thing that they seem to have care about, which is the tagline of the skincare line, which I'm mad that we didn't mention. Which is one of everything really good. Really good. Which is... Which is what Haley has said in multiple interviews. Well, she'll say, my philosophy for the brand and the ethos for me is to make one of everything really good. Wait, is she saying it's like it's like our tagline, but stupider? Yes. It grammatically like doesn't actually make sense. Like if you Google wants to call Google wants it to be one of everything is really good, which also is like mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. It's almost like somebody's like, what do you want? And you're like, oh, I'll take one of everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. But this is kind of a version of that, which is like saying this skincare is one of every good thing. Like everything, it it do, like it doesn't. She already my my thing was here. We have like she has lip treatments. She has glazing fluids. Gross. She has restore creams. But here's the thing. 
I guess I would understand it, even though I fundamentally think that it's wrong to just have, isn't that the whole issue with skincare and beauty products lately? It's like, we thought that it was one size fits all, but we need like a breadth of things. We need more SKUs, right? We need more SKUs so that we can no, take I care of everyone's different type of skin. what she's doing. But what but... she's doing, she's not even doing it the way that her tagline, one of everything really good, says that it's doing it because she has three different types of lip treatments for sale on her homepage right now. That's three of one thing, really fine. We need to get back to just the essence of like the the meaning and like the kind of grammatical setup of this. I don't care whether she's following it. I just am concerned with like the way that the words appear in order. They hurt your head to look at actually. One of everything really good. So it doesn't mean one of everything. It means... It doesn't mean one of everything. Really. I can't get over Google trying to correct one of everything really good to everything is really good. I can't. One of ev- it's one of everything is really good. Is one of everything is really good. I love yeah. this. You know that like someone in the marketing department said this and she latched onto it. She was like, I love that. And then the marketing person was like, I shouldn't have said that because it really doesn't make any sense. But she is so obsessed with it that she will keep using it as this line. Like that's how it reads to me. She glommed onto it really fell in love with the line. So now she's going to force feed that line into every fucking possible situation. Also, a few people called that like the glazed donut thing is actually like something that a Peloton instructor brought up where you, after you exercise, you're supposed to look like a glazed donut. Like you're supposed to be sweaty, which is like absolutely makes it even more disgusting than putting on like a serum and looking kind of like dewy. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to like, this is just like, Oh, for the success of your workout, you're supposed to look like wet, you know? Yeah. I just, again, I don't want to get into it again, but I just think that wanting to look like a glazed donut doesn't mean what these people think that it means. <laughs> I don't really, right, like a crusty, like a crusty white. You're holding a crusty old donut that was baked six hours ago, Jess Sims from Peloton. Your skin doesn't look like that. Yeah, yeah. If it looks like that, you just survived what Leo went through in The Revenant. <laughs> like, <laughs> Or some sort of weird porno. Like, I'm yes. sorry. It all looks like Or very not... basic porno. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair. I just hope she gets sued out of existence. Not her, She, but this line, because it's it's dull. <laughs> let's move on. Let's, let's move on to questions. Daily Mail headline. Former Japanese Princess Mako Komura looks loved up as she strolls hand-in-hand with commoner husband in New York City after he failed bar exams for a second time. Can you talk about these people? Crunch, crunch. Can we talk about these people? The Daily Mail is obsessed with this. With Princess Mako and her commoner fiancé, commoner husband. For good reason, because it literally is like a movie. How... It's a movie. It literally is a movie. It's Meghan and Harry. It's Notting Hill. It's every possible rom-com combined into one. It's the biopic of Katie Holmes. You know, like, it's so many things. Right, and they get to say commoner, which I forget who noted this in here, but, like, they love to say commoner. Princess Mako is the niece of the Emperor of Japan, which is the oldest monarchy in the world, like Queen Elizabeth wishes. Because she fell in love with a quote-unquote commoner, whom she met in school years and years and years ago, and then married him, she had to leave the royal family. She had to give up her imperial title and left the imperial family and move to New York City. Move to a one-bedroom apartment, no, Lindsay, a one-bedroom apartment in Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen? Princess Mako's like, why are these men downstairs so loud? What is this? (laughs) 
my God, Princess Mako dealing with Hell's Kitchen is like the funniest. What real estate broker conned Princess Mako and her commoner husband into a one-bedroom in Hell's Kitchen? Like, <laughs> congratulations. Saying, when is like the Peacock series like premiering? Like, why don't we have Princess Mako in Hell's Kitchen as like a TV show that I should be, or a reality show that I, I want to be watching? The story, before we get into the headlines about her recent move, the story about her marrying this commoner wasn't like a quick thing. It wasn't like Harry starts dating Meghan Markle and the world is shocked. It's like, this has been going on for years and society like Japanese society has kind of encouraged her or urged her or just the pressures of her life. They've urged her to dump this man. Which is funny because I feel like maybe the American, what our view is like, oh, it's just so romantic. It's like Notting Hill, blah, blah, blah. But the, the Japanese public was like, don't do it, girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they were like very much like, no, girl, which really shows the uh, kind of love of the throne there. But yeah. that's a whole other thing, you know? This was in 2019. The New York Times reported on it. And this gets very spicy and tabloidy. I'm going to quote them. They've been dating since college. She said his smile was as bright as the sun. He said oh. she watched over him as quietly as the moon. Oh, before I keep going... It's important to know that Princess, it's so beautiful, that Princess Mako has been in the pub, not just because she's a royal, she came of age in early aughts internet, mid aughts internet. So because she was like, she like go viral for like a video too. Right. Okay. Got it. She went viral as a teen, which is inappropriate. She was a minor at the time, but she went viral for being like this object of affection for people on the internet. She's beloved by people and she's coming of age in a time when there's more eyes on her than I think normally would have been. Right. And so years later, she's dating this commoner. Everyone's shocked. She says, I've known him since college. We're dating, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going to quote the New York Times. The tabloids, though, put him under a magnifying glass. Less than a year later, they reported that Mr. Kimuro's mother, a widow, had borrowed 4 million yen, or about $36,000, from an ex-boyfriend and never paid it back. The story had nothing to do with her son, who was then working as a paralegal, but in a society where family background carries a great weight, it fueled suspicion that he was courting the princess for status and money. Public opinion turned against them. And then Princess Mako released a statement that said, I wish to think about marriage more deeply and concretely. And I think for a long time, and he was like, bye-bye, I'm moving to the United States. I'm going to go to Fordham Law School. He went to Fordham on scholarship. Great law school. And so everyone starts thinking, this is done. They're not going to get married. We successfully broke this couple up. Cut to years later, they're like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, we're more in love than ever. And we're going to get married. And then because they're so guilty about it, they don't want the public to think that like they're doing anything on the country's dime. They have they pay for everything themselves. They get married basically in a courthouse. They get married low-key, low-key. And then when they have the press conference, this story, I think from the AP said that they paid for the venue for the press conference so no one could accuse them of Well, it's, it's like, Harry and Meghan all over again. Yes. I love this detail. Wait, I love before you continue, I love this detail. It says Mako's father, the emperor's younger son, Prince Akishno, told reporters he could not bless the relationship until his potential son-in-law solved the problems that have surfaced. Never mind that once upon a time, Akishno himself defied the palace to marry before his older brother. So, like, they're all this type of rule-breaking here. And also, they note in this article, it's not like she's ever going to be on the <laughs> throne or, like, even close to the throne. Yes. She's literally a the, woman son's need right she kind of has nothing to do with it but the idea that she would almost that she would like defy the idea that you're like supposed to marry a quote-unquote appropriate suitors yes is god forbid so she you know becomes cast out 
mm-hmm. when she essentially goes to New York to like live with her boyfriend who's going to Fordham. Yes. And meanwhile, concurrently, there's another narrative happening if you follow like Japanese politics at all, which is essentially to use language more appropriate for our podcast. The Japanese monarchy is in its flop era. There aren't many men left in the line. And there's only one young one. And so it doesn't really matter that she's like, bye-bye, because she was never going to ascend to the throne because she can't because she's a woman. This is all happening when the monarchy is currently kind of in turmoil. Right. It, the Harry Meghan thing was really like kind of emblematic of the disintegration of the royal family mm-hmm. and kind of like how it doesn't matter anymore. This also is kind of maybe a little bit emblematic of the disintegration of the royal yeah. family, which is just like we really don't care about these kind of old monarchies anymore. Yes. And it's also kind of, you know, more the more you, you say it, the more it actually makes me think of the British monarchy because Harry really wasn't in line for the throne, just like Princess Mako no. really wasn't in the line for the throne. So he's just like, bye, why am I doing this? Right. It was all about visibility. It was all about like, oh, do I have to spend my entire life essentially doing this like job that's like prescribed for me? And she mm-hmm. kind of had like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love this guy so much. Like we will make long distance work. We will make public scrutiny work. We will get beyond the tabloids. And guess what? We are living in a one bedroom in Hell's Kitchen and we're going to Bed Bath & Beyond to buy like toilet paper. It is funny though, because it's like I was thinking it would be nice if the Japanese public like supported her and thought it was like as romantic as kind of we do because we're not like tainted by the idea of a monarchy meeting anything but then I'm thinking about Harry and Meghan and even the even a lot of British people are like fuck them for like leaving and like him mm-hmm. betraying and blah 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 so it's like the UK public did this as well when when he decided to like essentially defect mm-hmm. right yes and she moved to New York we love this shit in New York you know we love this shit what if you, like, saw her at a bar? Would you be like, hey? This is my new number one sighting, yes. Where do you think that she hangs out? If she lives in Hell's Kitchen, I feel like, is there, like, a bar that she would hang out in? I don't know where she would even hang out. What's that bar with the pig in front of it? Rudy's? I don't know. With the pig, where you get the free hot dogs in Hell's Kitchen? I don't really go to Hell's Kitchen that much. I only went when I worked around there. Oh, you know where I? You know where she goes? Flaming Saddles? Princess Mako you- loves Flaming Saddles. <laughs> That's where she goes. Princess Mako goes to Flaming Saddles with her flop husband, (laughs) who has failed the bar twice in New York. Oh my God! He does. He did fail the bar twice. He's failed it twice. Wouldn't you? The pressure. That's so tough. Isn't he allowed? Isn't he like not allowed to take it more than like a certain amount of times? The good news is that you can take the New York bar exam an unlimited amount of times, which I should have known from my cousin Vinny because God, my cousin Vinny took it six times. He didn't pass it until his sixth time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is how I know. <laughs> okay. I have a dumb, it's not really a game. It's really short. So I was thinking about this story. This like beautiful, classy woman moves to New York for like a New York fantasy, meets a commoner, gets followed by the press, starts trying to live her life, whatever. I got Sex and City vibes from it. Okay. Oh, man. So I'm going to read you in order from November 22nd when the Daily Mail really started covering this relationship to this week. Yeah. Daily Mail headlines. And you're going to tell me whether or not the Daily Mail headline is representative of Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda, or Samantha. Okay? It's it, Yes, I understand okay. that it is subjective, but there is no, an objective I'm down. answer. I love this. So, okay. I love this. I'm going to read you the headline. You're going to say, does that make her a so Carrie, is, a Charlotte, Miranda, or Samantha? You're saying is Princess Mako, which, which girl is Princess Mako? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exclusive. Japan's Princess Mako shops for towels at Bed Bath & Beyond and then gets lost on way home to Hell's Kitchen on a week after arriving in NYC to start new life with Commoner Husband. <laughs> that feels very Carrie to me. That's right. Because it just feels like Carrie, like, 
would go to bed, bath and beyond to shop for towels and then just like fully lose it, like not able to do with like a, like a specific task, like a normal task. She would have no idea how to get home, you know? Exactly. No. She doesn't She'd go to like, Hell's Kitchen enough. I can't take a cab. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Exactly. Okay. December 24, 2021. Exclusive. Japan's Princess Mako carries Christmas gifts as she shops by the apartment building of John F. Kennedy's daughter, Caroline, after arriving in NYC to start new life with Kam and her husband. Clearly Charlotte. <laughs> Who else would stop by the apartment building of John F. Kennedy's daughter, Caroline? What does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. That's a Charlotte. Okay. February 23rd, 2022. No pressure. Princess Mako's commoner husband, Kei Kumoro, shows off new ponytail as he leaves second attempt at NY State Bar Exam months after she quit Japanese royal family to start new life with him in Manhattan. Oh, cute. I love it. I love a ponytail on a guy. Which makes her a... Think about it. This, there's a There's a correct answer here. Is it Samantha because of um, Absolute Hunk had a ponytail? Also, I think like when she did it, when she started dating Absolute Hunk, people were like, oh, he's like absolutely too hunky. And I feel like that's like what happened when this guy got a ponytail. Yes, that's Samantha. Okay. And when Samantha started dating Absolute Hunk, he was kind of a flop. She had to mold him into a right. Uh, success. Right. So I think I think Kay is also like in the position of needing to be molded because he's mm -hmm. a little bit of a flop. He keeps flopping on the bar. Yeah. February 24, 2022, Princess Mako's commoner husband, Kei Kamuro, sports scruffy denim shirt, Star Wars-themed sneakers, and a ponytail as he sits NY State Bar Exam for a second time months after his wife quit royal life in Japan to move to the U.S. with him. Okay, um, okay, um, he sports a scruffy denim shirt, Star Wars-themed sneakers, and a ponytail. Wait, mm -hmm. still with the ponytail. So who is she? She now has a schlubby boyfriend husband. Exactly. exactly. Oh, then she's definitely, um, she's Miranda. She's Miranda. I said she was Miranda, but I would have accepted Carrie. <laughs> because, oh, the, because the scruffy it's, it's denim shirt reminds me of Aiden. Yes, Aiden exactly. with the chicken in bed. No, this is very Steve. I'm sorry. Steve is wearing a scruffy denim shirt. With Star, Star Wars, Wars themed, themed sneakers. sneakers yeah. And a ponytail. And he's trying to pass the bar, you know? Miranda, Star Wars is a classic story. Okay. Miranda, my ponytail? You like my ponytail, Miranda? I got Disney Plus for Brady. He doesn't care about Obi-Wan. Okay. <laughs> okay, whoa. Three more. <laughs> Japan's former okay. Princess Mako is now working as an unpaid volunteer at the Met Museum in NYC after oh, giving up her oh titles and moving God. to the U.S. to marry commoner college boyfriend. First of all, I absolutely love that. She's a docent, and that is the most Charlotte behavior. So wait, what if Princess Mako was your docent at the Met? I would lose it. I'd be like, are you princess? princess? <laughs> I'd spend Are you Princess I'd, Mako? I'd spend the whole time going, are you? Princess Mako? Are, Princess Mako? Oh, we have oh to God. go to the Met and pay $1. Okay. <laughs> April 15th, 2022. Will it be third time lucky? What? Okay, come on, Daily Mail. <laughs> Will yeah, it be third time lucky? That's very road catchphrase of you. One of God. everything really good? <laughs> <laughs> Who's writing the Daily Mail? Haley Bieber? Will it be third time lucky? Princess Mako. Princess Mako's commoner husband, Kei Kamuro, fails bar exam for a second time as his wife takes job as unpaid volunteer at the Met after quitting her royal life to move to the U.S. with him. Okay, okay. now we're just kind of repeating scenarios. This I one... know, but wait. We have the scenarios, but combined and the tone where you are saying your flop husband is now reflecting poorly on you. 
That's very Miranda to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's now Miranda, even though she is volunteering. Well, Miranda passed the bar on the first try, you know? Absolutely. Like she doesn't need, she's not failing it for a second time, ever. There is no right answer to this, but I just want to see how you interpret this, okay? Okay, okay. June 24, 2022, former Japanese princess Mako Kamuro looks loved up as she strolls hand-in-hand with commoner husband in NYC after he failed bar exam for the second time. Okay, it's very like, stand by your man. Exactly. Even if he fails the exactly. bar. Exactly. Which I feel like is very Carrie because I just feel like she really stands by her man and they're all flops, you yeah, know? Exactly. It's very, don't you go to Paris with him when she's going loved up with this guy. Oh my God, she's go- literally, Princess Mako went to Paris, but it was New York, you know? Like she went. It's Carrie at her most defiant. Yes. Then don't you go to New York with him. <laughs> It's so funny that she is married to this, like, normal hunk who is just so relatable. And people are like, we hate this. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I know. But, like, we Americans love this. Like, even if Japanese people are like, no, bring her back. I'm like, no. She is Stay everything. She I hope she's buying. She everything. Richard Curtis is, like, watching this, like, r- scribbling. Scribbling you know, like, notes. Ev- oh, my it's God. Just, it's Oh my god, he's such a oh my god, I love their New York style. Oh my god, I love their New York street style. Their street style is see, great. I need to see them in person. Oh, I love them walking around the streets of New York like Katie Holmes and her boyfriend Bobby Wooten the third. There's literally a photo of him like crossing the street oh in vans and like I'm... a Tommy Hilfiger puffer. Wait, look at this one. Look at this one. You see his ponytail. His ponytail is what I thought my pandemic hair would look like, but it really just looked like I was, like, dying of dysentery. And she's, like, you know? wearing, like, Uniqlo basics. Like, it's incredible. She's wearing, like, trendy jeans and Uniqlo basics on top. Like, she is a legend for this. And her big yellow toe. She tote. loves New York. Oh, my God. She loves New York. She's, like, obsessed with New York. She's living her Sex and City fantasy. She has been Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and Charlotte in six months. She fully was like, I can't let the wedding get bigger than big. I'm getting married in a courthouse. She's done Sex in the City, the movie, too. I love this. I love this. She's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> we claim her. I mean, remember we were like, Harry's ours now. And then we like, that grew tired Boy, pretty soon. Him. I hope she doesn't ruin that. I never Harry claimed Harry. <laughs> I never claimed Harry. I sort of claimed Harry. I was happy to have him. And now I'm like, go home. Well, they're not fun because they live in, like, Oprah's <laughs> They live town. in Oprah's house. <laughs> Mako, like, lives in my town. You know what I mean? She's my girl. Right. And I can't wait to meet her someday and, like, become her friend and she'll have no idea. And I'll be like, you know, oh, what do I do for a living? Nothing. <laughs> Just like you. I'm a docent. Also, no, I would never lie to her, my new friend, on our mm. first, you know, friend date. No. Oh, my God. I want to give Princess Mako advice. <sighs> what do you think, Bobby? <laughs> Well, I've never gone through this, but <laughs> okay. Oh my god! I'm now I'm looking at pictures of ch- just her on the streets of New York, which is like the best thing in the whole world. Stunning. She grew out her bangs. Oh my god! Here she is in Radio Shack. Oh my god! <laughs> Stars are just like us. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was. The talk of the town. Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? 
how'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll photo that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on. <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up, BLT? I am watching Cha Cha Real Smooth. and. The lead is a 22-year-old, and I was like, well, surely this guy, and I knew he wrote and produced it and, like, did everything, and I'm like, well, surely he's not 22, um, and I looked it up, and he's 24, which, you know, made me want to ball my eyes out, um, but they don't know his birthday on Wikipedia, so he's not even on Famous Birthdays, but I guess anything, like, who is this guy that he could get? I know it's kind of an indie movie, but, like... He wrote, directed, and filmed this whole thing and got Dakota Johnson to star in it. And is Dakota Johnson going to win the Oscar? I don't think so, but, I mean, she is fantastic in this film. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I think Lindsay will love because it is very Jewish, even though nobody in this movie is Jewish. Um, a, a very classic Hollywood tale. Anyway, um, and then it's Bob Main, who is Cooper Race or whatever his name is. So he is playing a Jewish man in the movie, right? He plays bar mitzvahs or something? He sings the bar I don't, mitzvahs? No, there, no, there's no implication that he himself is Jewish. The movie is about this guy who, like, goes to bar mitzvahs with his brother. Stepbrother? I forget. And, like, he helps the kids have a good time, and then, like, they hire him to be, like, the hype man. It doesn't imply – you don't have to be Jewish to do that. You certainly don't. Mm-hmm. But, like – as far as the being the writer, director, and star of a movie that is about like bar and bat mitzvahs, I'm just like, you're not Jewish. Like, you're not Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he's he get, did a, he did an interview with Glamour where they said, "Are you Jewish?" And he said, "No, I'm not Jewish, but I went through a K through 12 school in Dallas, and 40 percent of my grade was Jewish. It didn't mean anything to me until seventh grade when I literally went to a service and a party every single Saturday for an entire year. I also dated a girl in high school who was Jewish. It's like, okay." <laughs> No, but I dated a Jewish girl. <laughs> uh-huh. 
he says that was really interesting to me that Andrew and Domino wouldn't be Jewish, but going to all these parties. Okay, babe, that's not that interesting. <laughs> I think babe, that's not that interesting is sort of Cooper Rafe in a nutshell, right? I know. I liked his first movie, um, Shit House. It was with Dylan Galula. It was very good. I I liked it, and it was it was. People seem to like I, it. I never watched it. I just like there's something about this guy that turns me off, and it's made it really hard for me to watch his movies. He's very Zach Braffian, and I mean that in a way where he's doing the, like, I'm making movies about guys who are, like, too old but, like, at home for some reason mm-hmm. and, like, kind of flopping around trying to figure out, like, the I deserve more. I'm really special. And, like, I deserve more than this life. Not even – just, like, figuring out, like, what to do next. That That's what this movie, like, very much is, you know? 20-something malaise. Okay. Yeah. The real truth behind why is this guy a thing is because the Duplass brothers took interest in him. And I just, mm-hmm. all you need is like one, somebody with some sort of like producing power and maybe a, a deal with one of the streamers to see you and say, oh, I like your stuff. Let's like help develop you into like a bigger thing. The only thing better than like one foot in the door is four feet and each one belongs to a Duplass, right? <laughs> right. Which also just shows like, I feel like sometimes people are like, what happened to the Duplass brothers? And it's like, first of all, they're like kind of everywhere still. You just still. don't necessarily notice. But Mark is in a lot of stuff. Jay, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, after Mappa died, Jay was like, <laughs> I got to rethink things. <laughs> but they but they do have their fingers in a lot of stuff, including this movie, which when you kind of recontextualize it as a Duplass project, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is clearly a Duplass mm-hmm. thing, you know? But the reason he's just sort of like the the film boy du jour, right? Like, and he gets a lot of press for like, wow, can you believe? Here's a here's a headline from Variety: Cha Cha Real Smooth director Cooper Rafe is your typical twenty something with a fifteen million dollar movie deal. A New York Times profile of him: Cooper Rafe arriving early to the party at twenty five. The indie writer, director, and actor is making waves in Hollywood, and it's just like he gets great press. Yeah, we'll never not love a guy who's writing, directing, starring, blah, 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 out of nowhere in his 20s. Like, that truly is a thing. We'll never not expect a lot of press attention from this guy because this is also the exact career that people turn on on a dime, you know? I do think this is his last shot to do – like, this is the the one time you get this press because – Shithouse didn't come out in any big way. People mm-hmm. kind of discovered it, it and liked yeah. it. It was kind of, but this is getting this Apple Plus release, and people are like, "Here's the time where you get the press, where it's like this guy came out of nowhere, yeah. and then this is the last time you get that." But because Dakota Johnson is in it too, and she's on the cover of Vanity Fair right now, I think it's more tied tied to persuasion than this. But still, he gets the press because of Dakota Johnson as well. You know, right. so he's getting a lot of right. attention. He's also writing a television show now for Amazon and Phoebe Dinova. <laughs> right I don't know I just this is uh, we haven't had one of these guys in a bit I think the idea that you kind of came from quote unquote nowhere which is always not true and you're doing everything is always like an obsession hi Lindsay Bobby first time long time I just wanted to tell you that Kirsty Alsop who's a British TV presenter swallowed an airpod when she was taking her vitamins last night and apparently she was able to as she said chalk it back up and didn't have to go to hospital but her throat was very sore crunch crunch mean grease bye this is really triggering to me though because like i feel like 
I lost an AirPod recently and I've just been carrying on, you know, like oh, me which too. is one. And no, I know. And the other <laughs> one, it's not it 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 will pop up somewhere. Like it's it exists somewhere mm-hmm. in like a coat pocket or like a bag or like so I know that it's somewhere, but I just don't know where it is. And there's just no way to find it. You know, like it's just yeah. not retrievable. Yeah. So I just carry on with my right. I just have my left mm-hmm. AirPod, you know, mm-hmm. and I just am searching for the right one. But I don't want to replace it. Yeah. I want to find it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I know exactly. And what now you mean. I'm wondering, did I eat it? I didn't eat <laughs> it. I don't. I definitely did not eat it. You and I have AirPods Pros, which are considerably no, I less have regular long. oh yeah regular have pros i don't like oh pros. i have yeah. pros they're the only ones that fit in my ears but also i went so long without buying them because i was like i'm just gonna lose them they're so expensive and they're i'm just gonna lose them i like my big bulky headphones and guess what i fucking lost it it fell into the the thing of an elevator i know exactly where it is bobby has the opposite problem is where he knows exactly where it is i know exactly where it is get it. i can't get it i took out my airpod to say hi to my neighbor in the elevator and i was like oh hey what's up and then it flew, it whiffed out the window, it whiffed out of my hand into, and it goes, bounce once, and then falls into the crevasse between the door and the thing. The thing is, you can't take it out of your ear. You know, you're not supposed well, to take I, it out of your ear. I wanted to be nice. Pause. I know, but you're just supposed to pause. I mean, I guess they don't know that you're pausing, but like, that's the problem. She goes, I just looked at it without saying anything, and she goes, oh no. And then she was like, now you're going to think of me. It's it's all my fault that you lost it your... It is her fault. She kept calling it a Bluetooth. It's my fault that you lost your Bluetooth. And I was like, it, is uh, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. And it was inevitable. You've lost two thirds of your AirPods now. You've lost the pod. You've lo- lost, you've the, lost case. The, the case, the pod. Here's my... Without getting into the full story, people, because Lindsay's heard it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard like a podcast version of the issue. Write down the serial number of your AirPods case. This is like a PSA. If you lose your AirPods case, you will never again get to replace any of the AirPods because they are connected to the serial number on the case, even if you buy a new case, even if you whatever. So the case is the that's where you need the serial number if you ever want to buy airpods again that replace why apple doesn't just sell airpods is crazy to me but they are apparently tracking me in the apple store so i just can't give you money to buy an airpod no you can't not without the case serial number and i was like okay because bobby got his new case off ebay and therefore he cannot replace his airpod because i didn't want to pay apple prices and that's totally fine for me to have done it but i'm teaching you i'm teaching you so both Bobby and I only have one AirPod <laughs> each, just like Chris, Christy Alsop, but we didn't. Well, now she has. Well, she, she has both. She barked it up. She chucked it yeah. up. I w- But now I'm seeing this story, and the reason why it's triggering is normally if this hadn't happened to me, I'd be like, who cares? You you know, you lost an iPod or your AirPod, you chucked, you barfed it up, whatever. Who cares? You can just get another one. <laughs> you pooped it out. Now it's I'm fine. like, if I ate my AirPod, I would desperately try to get it back no like against all odds because i know how annoying it is to get yeah. another one yeah. you know to replace it oh yeah so it's it's funny it goes viral she goes in other news i just swallowed an airpod while downing my vitamins i don't recommend it i've managed to chuck it back up without having to go to hospital but my throat is really quite sore vomit emoji next tweet in the thread 
AirPods in pocket, put vitamins in pocket while getting glass of water, chucked vitamins into mouth, gulped water, go for second lot, see one AirPod in hand, check pocket, check handbag, realize there's only one place it could Wait. be. See, not, and then people were like, Kirstie Alsop, are you an idiot? And then she posted a photo of what her daily vitamins look like, and it's a pile of pretty bulky vitamins alongside a... Stop saying vitamins. ...airpod. (laughs) And she goes, see, not quite as daft as some might say. (laughs) Okay, but, like, I can see the airpod being bit... How... How, like, skilled are you at at taking pills that you wouldn't notice that one wasn't a pill, it was an airpod? You know what I mean? An airpod's bigger than her biggest pill. And she's taking some, like, really big-ass pills. She's taking big boy pills. What I thought was funny about this was I was like, wow, everyone's really digging into this woman... My spidey sense is tingling. I'm like, there must be a reason that people are really being mean to this woman. And it's because everyone hates this woman. (laughs) Like, everyone in the UK hates this woman. She's constantly stirring up trouble. She's a presenter, right? She's like a Channel 4 presenter. She's a TV presenter who hosts like renovation shows, is her thing. She loves, she hosts location, 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 love it or list at UK, relocation, relocation, and location (laughs) reasons. And Christie's Celebrity Craft Masters, you know? Wait. I have to interrupt this to tell you, somebody called the hotline to recommend me a TV show, and I have to say I'm obsessed with it. It's from the UK, and I just have to tell you the premise of the show. What is it? It's called, like, This Is My House, or, like, (laughs) My House, or whatever, and the the show's premise is that (laughs) there's a panel of judges, and there's four people, and each person has to convince the judges that this is their house. And it's a house they've never seen before. And it's oh, only one that. person's house. Oh, so you I love all that. Go in, so you just oh, my God. Go that's in. so good. So it's like they go in and they're like, this like this is my son's bedroom. It's like they don't have a son. They're like, my son loves soccer, as you can see by, like, the soccer balls that are, like, hanging from the ceiling. What do you win? And they have to, like, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. But I just, oh, somebody was God. like, "You, Lindsay, you would love this show. And I'm. I love the show. I love the concept of the show. And the the theme is, welcome to my house. Because, like, <laughs> duh. Oh, my God. You know what the tagline is? Hmm. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Fake your, fake yourself at home. Oh, that's good. Four people, three fibbers, one house. Can the celebrity sleuths nose around and figure out the real owner? Welcome to my The first comment is you on YouTube. Can you post more of these? Can't watch from my country. And I love this show. <laughs> I, anyways, thank you to that caller for like knowing exactly my taste, which is like this show where people lie, have to lie about having a house. <laughs> my is like... underlined. This is my house. <laughs> so Kirsty does not host well, This Is My House, but she does host a lot of shows that are about houses. So people think of her as like a real estate expert and she stuck her foot in her mouth or maybe she didn't. Maybe she doesn't give a shit. But she stuck her foot in her mouth and got kind of oh, yelled she at. Oh, she doesn't give a shit. Right. Because no. she said that young people can't afford to buy houses because they pay for Netflix subscriptions. <laughs> and I remember when this went viral because people were clowning her on Twitter. And this, if you just search Daily Mail for this woman, she gets nonstop headlines about something she said that she does not regret. And it's she like. Said, <laughs> she said young people can't afford to get on the housing ladder if they give up the easy jet Coffee, gym, Netflix lifestyle, and start saving. 
And also it's important to know, so when she says stuff about how millennials don't have money, millennials don't have work ethics, people always point out that she's from this like vaguely aristocratic family. Like she's from a very wealthy, bougie family. So they're like, you have no idea what normal people are like, Kirstie Alsop. And to make matters worse, to prove what her politics are, she not only appears in the Daily Mail a lot and gets a lot of hate from the Daily Mail, she fully peers Morgan E. Wright's op-eds for the Daily Mail. You know, like- She sucks. She sucks. She sucks, but- I spend so much money on coffee. But the thing is, when I go spend money on coffee and I sit at my favorite coffee shop, I'm like, this is so much cheaper than renting a co-working space. You know? I worked here for I two know. hours. I, I tip know, well. which is funny. I'm, it's funny that like I'm so, my brain is so broken that I'm reading this, even though I don't like her and I don't agree with her and it's annoying. I'm like, You're like oh no. Like, I'm like, I could give up the EasyJet Coffee Gym Netflix lifestyle. I gave up the Netflix lifestyle. You, you quit know that. Netflix, yeah. I gave it up. I said, not for me. I'm not giving my money to this anymore. After she got in trouble for the Netflix lifestyle comments, um, which again makes sense in the context of what her job is, which is talking about buying real estate, flipping real estate, whatever. So, right. And it, she probably was like, when I was your age, we didn't have so many things to spend homes. money on. And I, you know, in, in I the saved. 1800s, we didn't have anything to spend money on. So I mm-hmm. bought a house, you know, like, shut up. Angry tenants tell Kirsty Alsop they spent half their wages on rent as TV presenter denies being a, quote, out-of-touch rich bitch for saying young people can get on the property <laughs> ladder if they ditch Netflix, gym, and coffees. Uh, rich bitch. She wrote an op-ed in April of this year with the headline, It's shocking that a third of children under six have a mobile phone. We parents <laughs> must protect them from big tech, writes Kirsty Alsop. Yeah, anyone writing op-eds for the Daily Mail, like, uh, we, we, can't, we can't really agree with them on anything. November 2021, Kirstie also quits Twitter after spat with Adil Ray, who she accused of, quote, demeaning women by describing periods as, quote, a mess in a tweet about Yorkshire cricket race row. What? I, like, can't. She also said That's 20-somethings not. need to have children. She hates Gogglebox because there was an episode of Gogglebox which made fun of one of her shows, and she was like, it's Good. too mean-spirited. This headline made me laugh from 2009. Kirstie also who would I come back as? Me! And it's it's an interview where it's like, what would your enemy say is your greatest feeling? She goes, where my enemies are concerned, I have no failings. I'm a very bad enemy, ruthless and tenacious. Someone goes, if you could come back as anyone, who would it be? She says, me. Putting your man first is the secret of happiness, says Kirsty also in 2011. 2012, women must master DIY to become the ideal housemaker, says Kirsty Alsop. TV presenter Kirsty Alsop is slammed as rude and judgmental after posting scathing criticism of a stranger's breakfast on Twitter. That was a huge scandal in 2016. She made fun of what someone was eating next to her. My breakfast jibe wasn't fat shaming, says Kirsty Alsop as she defends complaining about stranger's meal. This goes on and on and on. She's not alone in swallowing AirPods. Unfortunately, uh, it gets worse for some people. Someone else had to poop it out. Someone else had to actually go to the doctor because it was lodged in their esophagus. So this is a real problem. This is a real problem. These AirPods are simply too delicious. I <laughs> I wish I swallowed mine instead of lost it randomly. At least I would know where it was and I could like figure out how to get it out, you know? You know what they remind me of? She has these really big pills that remind me of, um, what do you call them? Um, Horse tranquilizers. What do you call uh fun dip? Fun dip. The little thingies like that you the dip. Stick. The stick. They look my, like the stick. That used to be in my literal favorite candy was the stick and the fun dip. That's disgusting. That's, <laughs> that's so disgusting. Your favorite candy mm. was the vehicle on which to get sugar in the fun dip pack. Oh yeah. I was really those big into like, fun dip for a while. Those are like the those are like Weetabix. Like they're those are like the the stale crackers of the candy. No, I like I felt world. like Mr. Ed. I was like a horse just <laughs> licking this thing and I was like, this is the best form of sugar. It's just like compressed sugar. It's so good. That's what this looks like to me. 
Yum. Oh, man. I I wish I miss my AirPod. I want him back. I will, The other AirPod trick, if you think you don't know where an AirPod is, before the battery dies, you have to You have to out. do it. You have Once to do it. Once the battery dies, the battery dies so quickly when it's not well, in your why ear. Why don't they have, like, what I want is, like, when don't they have, like, the last location? Like, before the battery died, where was the last location? You know what does that? Tile does that. Tile say is the last location before the battery dies. Tile's iconic. I wish I could. Uh, I want to attach a tile to my AirPod, but then it really wouldn't work so well. Also, don't keep your AirPods in your pocket. Put them in the case. I know the the AirPods got, but sometimes when you you see you you gotta get you just you. You're right. You're right. I'm done with AirPods though. I'm done. No, you're not. You're not done. You're done. Oh, I'm done with them. But you you still have one left. <laughs> I know. I use it for phone calls. You could use it like on the go. Like you could keep it attached to your keychain and like whenever like I'm gonna you just I'm going to call my parents after this recording and I'm going to talk to my AirPod, you know, my but single But I mean you could AirPod. like you just keep it with you so when you're on the go in case you need to hear something or make a call or do whatever, you have it. But like mm-hmm. obviously, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another call. <laughs> you're so sad. I'm, so re- I'm like deeply sad. Oh no, your Bluetooth. <laughs> Hi guys. Long time, first time. I'm calling because I'm interested. Who is Danny Garcia? I looked her up her Wikipedia, and I was immediately overwhelmed. Um, she's The Rock's ex-wife, and she's also the CEO of all of his companies, and now is the chairwoman of the XFL. Um, she recently got remarried. So I was just wondering who she was. Okay, Timmy at Coachella. Thanks. Timmy at Coachella. Timmy at Coachella. I knew about Danny Garcia, but I didn't realize the extent of her icon status. Danny Garcia used to be married to The Rock. They met in college. They knew each other forever. They got married. They're both bodybuilders, right? So they have that in common. They still are, right? Like, Danny never stopped. They're both very into fitness. But after they broke up in the mid-aughts... Oh, my God. She married another bodybuilder? Okay, bodybuilders marrying bodybuilders. she married another, like, uh, his name is, um, what's his name? Dave. Dave Renzi. Dave Renzi. Right. She has a type. Yeah, ripped. But is she relevant? Like, what? why are we even bringing her up? Okay, maybe it's because The Rock is returning to the islands, I think that means Hawaii, to host the XFL Football Hawaii Showcase. Ah, uh, yes. Like, that must like be what it is. The Rock is still kind of, like, in bed with the XFL, which I thought flopped and doesn't exist anymore, but apparently Well, it, does. it flopped, and then in 2020, The Rock and Danny Garcia bought it. Like okay, their their so company bought it. They are co owners of the XFL. They got a really good deal on the XFL, and they said with the Rock's power of promo, which is very strong, yeah, uh, we can maybe revive this thing and make people care. Boyfriends who are listening, this is your moment. Call in and explain what happened to the XFL and why it is significant that the Rock and Danny Garcia Boyfriends, bought it. Boyfriends, call. And I think my my interpretation of this was that like they kind of re-legitimized this thing that was culturally considered to be a flop, right? Like. And kind of a violent, dangerous flop. I thought it was a flop. I thought it was a flop. So she's basically the business mind behind The Rock. To me, just because you think of actors as kind of lumps of clay that can be molded because that's their job. And they need that person, their Cyrano, behind them to teach them what to do. And I feel like she is the guy who is guiding him. And she's obviously very, very smart, very, very business snappy. Because after they divorced and she became his manager, she's the manager for two clients, exactly. The Rock and Henry Cavill. That's so okay. weird that she's Henry Cavill's manager and obviously her ex-husband's manager still to this day. Her company that they started together, it's called, it's a reference to something that he did with, um, oh, Seven Bucks Productions. It's a reference to the money that he had when he left 
Canadian football before he got into the WWF, which uh, WWE now. And so they started this production company together. And that production company has been responsible for Baywatch, the Jubanji movies, Rampage, Skyscraper, Stuntman, Fighting With My Family, Shazam, Fast and Furious. Of course. Jungle Cruise, Red Notice. She is the person who is helping him become one of the highest paid people in Hollywood. For a while, he was the highest paid person in Hollywood. Like, she's the brains behind his beauty. Wait, that's funny. Henry Cavill fans, some of them, some of them think that she's favoring The Rock, her ex-husband, over Henry. And of his is. career is suffering. <laughs> well, the thing with managers is famously agents can have a lot of clients, but managers only have a few clients. And like if they're big clients, they don't need that many. So mm-hmm. like the idea that she is literally The Rock's man, she could be the only manager. The she He could be her only client yeah if the money he makes you know and also the the alimony he pays her i'm sure (laughs) but it's also like it's quite mutually beneficial i after reading all this stuff about her and again i knew she existed but i didn't realize the extent of it after reading all this stuff about her this interview that she did with marie claire a couple years ago where she's like i'm a badass like i'm i built the rocks empire like that's how this is headlined and the interview is very convincing it's sort of like The Rock would not be The Rock that we know today without this woman. Like, she seems like she was the person who guided him in the right direction. And to your point, or the fans' points about Henry Cavill, I'm sorry. If you are Superman, if you are in Mission Impossible Fallout, if you were in three Superman movies and you still feel like a flop, then that's not on Danny. You know, like, that's not on her. The star of The Witcher on Netflix. I mean, I think he's doing just fine Mm -hmm. in terms of um, muscle men. The two muscle men that she's responsible for. Yes. I really do wonder, though, because, you know, he has a newer, younger wife and Mm -hmm. kids or whatever. And so she went from being like wife to essentially like business partner, Mm -hmm. you know, slash clearly they still have a relationship or maybe even a good one. It seems like they have a really good one, you know? Right. It seems like they have a really good one. And if they're not, then they're both great actors, because I think part of their success is convincing people that they have a good relationship. (laughs) This is better than you mentioned alimony. This is better than alimony. It's like. No, I know. You don't have to, we don't have to have this contract where you pay me every month or whatever up to a certain point. Let's just start a really successful business together. This and, is just a guess, though. Yeah. We don't know like what their actual yeah, like, divorce yeah, settlement was. But I do think that this could be – I agree with you. This could be it. Mm-hmm. She's making way more off this. They're making so much money off of each other. Right. It's just it's just unbelievable. Did you see the video that was like vaguely viral that I was also sort of like, The Rock, why did you post this? Where he gave his niece or cousin or second cousin like a house and a car and he filmed the whole no, thing. No, I didn't see that. I didn't and I was see like, it. this doesn't have to be shared, The Rock, okay? Dwayne, just <laughs> keep this to yourself. This is like weirdly intimate and I don't like watching this. What's he, uh, what, his, his trajectory is very uh, interesting. What's he doing next? Um, I feel like he... He's leading a new comic book movie for DC called like Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Literally Black that's Adam. It. Yeah, Black Adam. It's Black Adam. Yeah. So he's still doing quite well. And that comes out when? This fall? I mean, obviously he's doing well. He This guy tests off the charts on likability mm-hmm. still, you know? Mm-hmm. Enough high test scores to fill the Nile. Remember when he was in Red Notice with Gal Gadot? <laughs> oh, my God. Remember that movie, like the most successful Netflix movie, and it was like literally garbage can? One okay. of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And they're making more of them. Blue Notice, Green Notice, Purple Notice. All right, enough about The Rock's ex-wife. Let's do some rapid fires, right? Yeah. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, is... Oh, ooh, I might sneeze in the middle of this. I'm sorry, my allergies are so bad. Um, is Vanessa Bayer a who 
or of them. Like, my parents definitely know who she is because of SNL. Um, we're also Clevelanders, so that gives her an edge up. We love, Clevelanders love people who are from Cleveland. Um, but, like, her show, I Love That For You, is the first time she's been a lead, and it's on Showtime. And, like, who has Showtime? So, you know, Vanessa Bayer, who are them? French French. SNL people are interesting because I feel like they, it's like a flip of the switch when they go them. And it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden like, oh, they're that. Wait, there are them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it is hard because sometimes they'll leave the show before they kind of them them and I them and eyes them eyes right. themed go them. You know, before they graduate. Before they. Oh my God, that's literally we the word. word. We have a word for it. We have a word. Ay, ay, ay. What do you think? I mean, I agree with you that it's hard. I think SNL is famously hard um, to escape. But I also think that Vanessa Bayer is a who. <laughs> like, I think that Vanessa Bayer was one of those people that people really, really, really liked. But I don't know that she was ever at them, like even when she was on the show and well liked. It's interesting because her new show, I love that for you, which is on Showtime and very good. I did watch it. It's not just it's Vanessa Bayer's show. She's like the star. And I think she like helped write a lot of it and develop it. Mm-hmm. But she still has Molly Shannon and Jennifer Lewis as kind of like the the anchors the, the yeah exactly exactly like it's almost like they said like we love you we're giving you a show but you're gonna need to find like bigger names to we like the old timers yeah yeah to like, almost anchor the kind of the selling of everything right you know but do you think she's a who do you agree that she's a who yeah I agree oh I totally agree I totally agree hi Lindsay Bobby and Timmy um Juliana Margulies of The Good Wife ER, many other great things. And currently on The Morning Show, who are them? Crunch, crunch. Juliana Margulies, who are them? One, two, three, them. Them? Oh, I think big TV them. TV them. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. One of our big big TV stars. One of our big TV stars? They did bring her back to The Morning Show with a lot of fanfare. A lot of fanfare. And the Good Wife, you know, like she's she starred in like big television network hits, you know. Mm-hmm. And when she mm-hmm. shows up in season two of the Morning Show, it's very much like we started this show with two movie stars, right? Mm-hmm. But we're gonna bring it into like real TV prestige by bringing in the TV girly you know and love and have for decades, Juliana Margulies, and she's the a lesbian. TV girly you know and love, <laughs> and she puts the L in LGBTQ. Isn't that the line that Billy Crudup says? You put the L in LGBTQ. <laughs> that was funny. You put the CE in CEO. Oh, uh, and and you put the the L into LGBTQ. <laughs> Do you remember what her name is in the morning show? <laughs> Susan? No. What is it? You get one more guess. Jessica? Laura. Laura oh, Peterson. Oh, come on. I was so close. Laura Peterson. Is that show coming back soon? I hope not. No, it is. Oh, my God. It's coming back soon. Every time Jennifer Aniston does promo for her peptides, she's like, and I'm working on Morning Show Season 3. Oh, my God. Yeah, her peptides. I can't believe that show is... I wish that show would drive off a cliff into the lake, into Lake Cuomo, if you know what I mean. Can, can you name True Como? Heads, no. Como, not Cuomo. Oh, sorry. 
It's like, oh, did he rename something else? Okay. Do you remember what her name was in ER? No. Carol Hathaway. Do you remember oh, what her name I was in The Good Wife? No, I no. Alicia Florick. Oh my god. Do you remember god, what her name was in The Hot Zone? Do you? No, I never watched it. Dr. No. Nancy Jocks. J A A X Jax Jocks. That's a good game. It's like, can you like you think so you th- so you think you're a stan, you know? And it's like Juliana Margulies has iconic character names. In Sesame Street, she's Dr. Burger, okay? In City Island, she's Joyce Rizzo, the movie with uh, Andy Garcia. In a movie in The Sopranos, remember The Sopranos? Yes, she's so good in The Sopranos. She's Juliana Skiff. Oh, yeah, I loved her in The Sopranos. She's, she's so in Canterbury's good. Law for one season as Elizabeth Canterbury. <laughs> Oh and Canterbury. in Hitler, The Rise of Evil, the TV no. miniseries from 2003, she's Ellen Hanf <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, we can move on. All right, this might be two of a comprehensive list, but rank who to them famous Jason's edition. Jason Priestley, Jason Biggs, Jason Sudeikis, Jason Lee, Jason Derulo, Jason Voorhees. Jason Bateman, Jason Alexander, Jason Siegel, Jason Momoa, and Jason Bourne. Crunch, crunch. This is ridiculous, caller. Ridiculous. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, why ten, eleven. Even, eleven, Jason. Why we even, like, you know, give in to these calls? Okay. Jason Priestley, Jason Biggs, Jason Sudeikis, Jason Lee, Jason Derulo, Jason Voorhees, Jason Bateman, Jason Alexander, Jason Siegel, Jason Momoa, Jason Bourne. So two of them are characters. <laughs> Voorhees born in, and Born. Born in Voorhees. Wait, Jason is Jason from Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. And Born is the Born supremacy. Born. Ooh, all of them. All of them. Ultimatum, okay. supremacy, identity. Oh my God, this Jason is exhausting. Born. This is exhausting. The titular Jason Born. This is. <laughs> you do it. You freaking do it. I'm doing do it. I'm it. thinking. You rank them. Okay. It's going to go at the bottom. Just because it's a character and I need to get this out of the way. Oh, you know what? No, Jason Lee at the bottom. Jason Lee. No, Jason Biggs at the bottom. Biggs at the bottom? Then Jason Lee. Even though there are multiple Jason Lees? Because there are multiple Jason Lees. Okay, okay, okay. Jason Priestley, because it's dated. Jason Siegel, because we haven't heard from him in a while. Jason Voorhees, because that's a famous (gasps) character. Jason Derulo. You're putting Derulo above Siegel. Yeah, Derulo's above Siegel. Jason Alexander... Jason Bateman, I know Ozark's big, Jason Momoa, Jason Sudeikis, and at the top of the list is Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne's number one Jason, I think. Uh, (laughs) Four movies about this man? An entire series of books? (laughs) You're playing this like the Tony Soprano versus Tony Braxton, where you went, you wanted Tony Soprano. I wanted Tony Soprano to be Tony Braxton. He was man enough, you know? I do feel like Siegel would be higher and Alexander might be lower. No, Jason, maybe Jason would Momoa, Momoa may be lower. Momoa was my three. I know, it was I Momoa, like Siegel, Momoa, Sudeikis, Born. He's a little high. He's a little high. But Momoa's Aquaman. Momoa's. Yeah, but like. Bonet. This is a hard, this is hard. This is our job, but it is hard. I just feel like Jason. Momoa is the moment. Jason Sudeikis is unfortunately the moment. And Jason Borm is eternally the moment. 
I think Sudeikis is the moment. Maybe not for long, but he is the moment. You're correct. I, I hate that he's the moment, but you know. But he is the moment. He is. He is the moment. I hate that he's the moment, but he is the moment. I really hate that he's the moment. No, I'm I'm, dis- I'm disgusted by the fact that he is the moment. Oh my God, disgusted. Yeah, I, I hate, hate it. It's like somebody never watched, you know, that show that everybody loves. I did watch it. I watched every episode of that show. And, we're, and you're still disgusted? And I'm like so annoyed by his moment. Oh, wow. Interesting. But do you agree? Are you happy with my ranking? I can't like not agree because like I have no quib. I can't like specifically quibble, you know? Okay, well then. Then I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we get to end on me being right. Unless, do you want to do any more of these? Uh, like this? No, let's end on you being right. Okay. A gift for you, you on don't this want me fine to play, Thursday. Uh, does the queen know who the minions are? We don't. No. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Thank you does for listening. Queen, wait, does the queen know who the minions are? Hold on, I'm thinking. No. Hold on, wait, I'm thinking. No. What do you mean? Really? She you doesn't know so. who the minions are. Really? You don't think any of the Minions marketing has gotten to the Queen? None of it? No. Not one of it? No. But she has grandkids. You don't think any of them have... Yeah, and she doesn't really see many of them quite famously. She met Lilibet yesterday. You know, oh, <laughs> like dead people can't know what the Minions are, Lindsay. <laughs> That's the greatest gift of death, you know? They don't say that, but it is. We're done. Thank you for listening to another episode <laughs> of Who's There, a weekly call-in show. Keep calling in at 619 who them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, uh, Discord server, occasional newsletter, and more. Thank you to Katie and Erica the Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. And happy 4th of July if you're celebrating. Eat a hot dog. Eat a veggie dog. Eat a tofu dog. Eat a beyond dog. I know I'll be doing it. (laughs) What other types of dogs are there? You got them all. I think you got them all. Yeah, that's all of them. Okay. Okay, bye. Eat, eat them all. And bye. if you need a gluten-free bun, use a gluten-free bun. And if you just want the dog, that's fine. You don't need to put it on bread. Or if maybe you don't even want the dog and you just like want to eat all the salads. You Ooh, know, sometimes you're like, salad. oh, these salads look better than the dog mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, but you have you to know? get to the party early because the salad sits out in the heat and then it becomes less appealing. <laughs> you know? No, not in my house. I'm always conscious of the salads because <laughs> okay. there's a lot of mayo in there and I can't let those go bad. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Oh my god, here she is in Radio Shack. Oh my god. Stars are just like us. Okay, I had to pause the pod because Bobby was listing PBS gay icons and somehow did not mention Miss Frizzle, who is the PBS gay icon. Um, And I would also say that Tinky Winky from the Teletubbies and like half the cast of Arthur are also gay icons. Thanks so much, Crunch Crunch. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, long time, first time. I just was listening to your discussion of PBS gay icons, and you crucially forgot Mr. Rappern from Arthur of the infamous Gay Rat Wedding. Hashtag Gay Rat Wedding. Um, they featured a gay relationship before Disney even thought about it. Uh, Lightyear kissed who? Um, Star Wars lesbians who? Uh, gay Beauty and the Beast character, who cares? Uh, so, yeah, just wanted to provide some PBS context. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. A uh, long time, long time. I'm actually calling for my mom, who is a medium time Duke and me, and has never called in and was too afraid to call in. 
but I was listening to this week's episode and heard Bobby raving about the Lady Gaga Top Gun Maverick song, and my mom wanted to wholeheartedly agree that Bobby should buy all the merchandise for the song because she also would buy all the merchandise for the song because it gave her chills and it was perfect. And she also agrees that Lady Gaga will be winning the Oscar for the Top Gun Maverick song. So, Bobby, I just want you to know you have a 51-year-old on your side, a 51-year-old mother. She is with you. Uh, she also loves the song. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> crunch, crunch, scargo, yummy pop. Uh, good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. Love you guys. Hi, Timmy, Lindsay, and Bobby. Longest time never time. <laughs> Are the actors on the following list Jewish or or good Christian boys? GCB, good Christian boys. Paul Rudd, Sean Mulaney, Andrew Garfield, Seth Myers. Jake Gyllenhaal, and Adam Driver, Paul W. Downs, John Paul Reynolds. I'm so lucky to be with you, keeping me from my shadow. Whoa. Bong Jovi, Lindsay Podcaster, Living La Vida Laptop, Garjo Yummy Pop. Hi, my gay boys. <laughs> me and Grease. Women do belong in balloons. Forehead Diamond. Tim Tebow, lesbian. Chip and Co., they're not affiliated with Disney. Hyaluronic Acid, Porkin, Sorkin, Gaga Googie, Bad Form, Bella Form. Bella Form, Bella Form, Crunchy Crunchy. Hi, Lindsay Bobby Timmy, I wrote you guys a song. Little John Corbett, baby, you're much too fast. Whoa, little John Corbett, you're gonna need a love that's gonna last to go to Greece and get married, yeah. Crunch, crunch.